Here's a headline in the National Post that stopped me cold. Want cheaper cell phone bills? Allow more foreign investment in telecoms. Remove the protectionist straitjacket from Canada's telecom market and bring global competition to bear. The author of the piece, a good friend of this program since his days with the Taxpayers Federation, is Aaron Woodrick, now the Domestic Policy Program Director over at the McDonald laurier Institute. Aaron, good morning and welcome back. Good morning, Sterling. Always a pleasure. Good to have you with us. Now, this whole business of now that we're, we're, you also go on in the article to talk about uh, the fact that the Federal Court of Appeal this week rejected an appeal by the Competition Commissioner to decide the fate of the proposed merger of telecom giants Rogers and Shaw. So this morning, Aaron, what's the status of that merger? Yeah, this has been obviously dragging on for several years. Um, you know, we already have a very small telecoms market, only a few players. So this this proposed merger raised a lot of eyebrows. Um, you know, the Competition Bureau didn't want to allow it. The Competition Tribunal, which is a judicial body, they have permitted it. So really all it needs now, uh, Sterling, is sign-off from the minister. And it looks like that's probably going to be forthcoming. So we are going to have even less competition uh, very soon in cell phones in Canada than, than, than we do right now. And the competition straight, Jack. Aaron, you need to just take a moment and remind Canadians, Vancouver and BC listeners, about the fact that our telecom sector, we pay among the highest cell phone rates on planet Earth. And one of the reasons for that is we have actual laws forbidding foreigners from playing in our cell phone sector. That's right. I mean, look, the reality is uh, Canada is a relatively small country. And if we want to have more robust competition like we see in Europe, like we see in the States, uh, where they have a lot lower prices, not just for cell phones, but things like everything from airlines to banking to dairy products, um, we have to allow more competition. And so we can't have it both ways. You know, there are people who say, well, you know, we don't want to have foreigners owning our, our cell phone companies. All right. Well, if that's the case, then get used to terrible customer service and very high prices because there's absolutely no incentive for any of them to to do better so if uh, it would it i suppose it would, would probably make you fall over uh but what there exists a remote possibility that the minister philippe francois champagne could indeed sign off on this merger and add a caveat but okay we're going to let this go forward but we're also simultaneously going to allow more competition into the marketplace he could do that couldn't he he absolutely could, and I think the government, I mean, right now the problem, and it's even acknowledged from people like former uh, federal finance minister Bill Morneau, we have a, we have a productivity problem in this country. We, mm. you know, Companies are growing, but they're not getting more efficient, they're not generating more, they're not creating more jobs, um, and part of that is because of a lack of competition. You know, Competition is ruthless. It forces companies uh, to do better, because if they don't, they cease to exist, and there's no substitute for that, and we've had you know, for a long time in this country, people stumbling around trying to say, well, how can we get more competition? When the answer is obvious, it's allow a foreign competition in here. It doesn't mean um, we can't have any rules or regulations, but just get, get rid of this sort of blanket rule on things like ownership. And in many, many sectors, it, it would really benefit a lot of Canadians and especially Canadian consumers. Now, this is a protectionist thing. This goes back almost as far back as Canadian content regulations in film and television and music, Aaron. We're back in the 1970s with this mindset that really, especially in telecom sector, hasn't changed one iota. 
Sure, and look, there's a, there's been a backlash against uh, certain aspects of globalization and free trade, and that's totally understandable because a lot of people um, paid a heavy price for that. But, you know, right now, things, for example, like telecoms, the real reason, the only reason to restrict it is if you have, um, you know, unfriendly uh, states like China that are trying to interfere or perhaps spy on you using that telecom. So as long as you restrict those players, you know, for example, there's no reason we couldn't allow uh, European and American cell phone uh, players into our marketplace. There's no threat to Canada there. Right. There's only a threat to to Bell, Telus, and Rogers. And the point I make to people is, you know, they're very comfy and cozy right now because they don't have to worry about the competition. And the only way to shake it up is to open the doors and, and let them face some, some real competitors. So why do we have in this country, Aaron, such a, a, such a situation in which governments seem to be so cozy and comfortable with monopolies? They, I suppose they're easier to regulate simply because there are fewer business enterprises to keep an eye on, but there really is a comfort zone surrounding governments and their penchant for monopolies. Sure. Well, one reason I would say, Sterling, and I've, from all my decade in Ottawa, I've witnessed this up front. I mean, any, any entity that has a lot to lose spends a lot of money um, lobbying and speaking to the government. Sure. So if you are a company that stands to lose a, a great deal by more competition or a change in the rules, you're going to spend a lot of money to keep whispering in the government's ear not to do that. And warn them, oh, we could lose jobs. It could co- you know, cause a political problem for you. Whereas for Canadians, you know, the millions of us who are losing stuff, we don't have that lobbyist. We don't have some one at the table making that case. So that is in the short, in short of it is the explanation for why often governments seem to favor the big guys rather than the rest of us. Well, and there's also a fear factor, and this government specializes in fear factors and exploiting uh, the anxieties and, and the fear of Canadians and have been quite successful in the past few years particularly. But again, going back to the 1970s, we were absolutely convinced by the government of the day that the reason we needed to throw up these protective barriers around us would be otherwise we will simply be overwhelmed by our next door neighbors the americans and the europeans and we desperately need to develop our own uh, identity as if we couldn't do that uh, with the competition going competition in fact makes us a little keener and and when you had a hit movie or a hit song back in those days and tried to distribute it especially in the united states this is number one in canada they would go well so what it's the law you have to play that stuff we're not impressed well, yeah, and you've seen it in the cultural sector now with platforms like YouTube where people can go directly to a global audience. Right. Canadians are doing great. Yes. Canadians are, are world-beating. And this is what drives me nuts is, you know, Canadians uh, are so are so scared about not succeeding in the world stage. But when we actually get out there and compete, we do very well. So that's the thing I'd say to the government is I think Canada is a confident country. I think we should be ambitious. We shouldn't be scared and worried about other countries coming here to eat our lunch. We should be looking at where we can go and eat in their lunch. And that's just not the attitude we see not just in government, but but a lot of the business sector in this country, you know, and and the telecoms is a perfect example. They've they've been protected. They're they've, you've got these big giants. Why aren't they operating in other countries? If Rogers and Bell and Telus are so good at what they do and so efficient, why aren't they going to other markets where they're allowed and and uh, and dominating there? And the answer is because they can't compete there. And and, and I think that says a lot about um, the shape that they're in. And you're right to point out uh, the Huawei situation, where of course Canada was very very late to the party, but eventually ended up. Uh, banning Huawei, as has been done by other countries, notably America, and again with obvious security concerns dominate. But that's rare, and that's, that's, that's an exception rather than the rule, isn't it? 
Absolutely, and that's a security issue, not an economics right. issue, right? And and uh, and you know who the players are there. I mean, there's only a handful of them: China, Russia, Iran. These are states that are hostile to us. They are not our friends. Um, they they uh, their governments intervene with their with their companies. These are not really private companies, right? These are essentially companies that are arms of these states. And that's where we should definitely draw the line. But if you're talking about our, our trading partners that we trust, Europe, Canada, uh, United States, Australia, Japan, these are countries where we can trust uh, them as good business partners, and we should allow their companies to do business here on equal footing. Now, you've been around the block a few times, and as you said, in Ottawa for the past decade, there is a there is a sentiment, there is a, a, a sort of a resentment growing in the country that, uh, you know, we're heading to an election next year at the very late uh, and, you know, it's about cost of living. It's about kitchen table sure. issues, about trying to just keep your head above water. And excessively high cell phone bills, it doesn't add, it's not the same as a grocery tab on a monthly basis, but it could be a lot less. Could it also become an election issue? I think so. I mean, not on its own, but things with like airline prices we've seen, right? People have had, there's just a number of frustrations that are growing. And look, I, I think it's unfair to blame, uh, you know, any one government for all the problems. Sure. But on the other hand, when governments try and shrug it off and say, oh, well, it's just a few people grumbling. When a lot of people, I mean, I saw that interview that the prime minister gave and he sort of blamed uh, people, you know, being wistful for a time when white men ruled. And I thought, can you imagine you can't pay your grocery bill, your cell phone bill, you can't find a house to live in, you're worried about safety and public transit and then you open up the newspaper and the prime minister is saying something like that i mean it, you just have to shake your head all right aaron good to have you back on the show always fun uh friends that's in the national post a, a worth a google search the uh, title of the article want cheaper telephone bills allow more foreign investment in telecoms the answer is plain as a nose on your face aaron woodrick always a pleasure thanks for this thanks a lot sir Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.